It's Tuesday, May the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Trump threatens WHO withdrawal and SoftBank posts mammoth loss. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump escalated hostilities with the World Health Organization, threatening to cut off funding permanently and withdraw America's membership if various demands are not met within 30 days, starting with an investigation into the origin of COVID-19. The WHO's director has promised an independent inquiry about the pandemic as soon as possible. Xi Jinping, China's president, wants to wait until the disease has been brought under control. Mr Xi also pledged $2 billion to help the WHO combat the coronavirus, more than twice what America had been contributing annually. Mr Trump accused the WHO of being China's puppet. Moderna, an American drug maker, offered a glimmer of hope in the search for a COVID-19 vaccine. The firm said that the first eight patients tested during a phase one trial produced antibodies that might fight the disease. A larger trial scheduled for July will be needed before conclusions about the vaccine's efficacy can be drawn. Even so, stock markets soared on a wave of optimism. Donald Trump said he is taking hydroxychloroquine to help ward off COVID-19. America's Food and Drug Administration advises against it. There is no proof the anti-malarial drug works in that role and its side effects can be deadly. Mr. Trump has flogged it nonetheless as a possible cure. So far, I seem to be okay, he assured the public. Security guards dragged opposition lawmakers out of Hong Kong's legislative chamber. Scuffles broke out after pro-Beijing members took control of a committee responsible for scrutinising bills, including one that would make it illegal to abuse China's national anthem. It is the second time in ten days that fisticuffs have broken out in the chamber. SoftBank, a Japanese technology group, reported an operating loss of 1.36 trillion yen, $13 billion, for the last financial year. The Vision Fund, its tech investing vehicle, shouldered much of the blame. SoftBank may now be forced into selling about $20 billion worth of its shares in T-Mobile, an American mobile phone operator. Were a buyer found, it would be one of the biggest ever stock sales. Huawei called restrictions introduced by the American government arbitrary and pernicious and claimed that they threaten its survival. Last week, the Trump administration announced plans to tighten export controls to stop chip makers that use American-made equipment from selling to the Chinese telecoms company. To do so will require permission from the government, something that is expected to be denied. And Spain's government announced plans to provide a basic income to those worst affected by the pandemic. Eligible adults will receive at least €462, $500 a month, in addition to other benefits. The scheme will be tested on 100,000 households at first, before being expanded to around 1 million if successful. Families, including single-parent households, will get priority. And now, here's today's agenda. Supermarket sweep. Walmart's results. 
Today, the world's largest supermarket chain announces its results for the three months through April. Analysts expect Walmart to provide a brief moment of good news. Its share price has risen 17% since the end of February, while the S&P 500, a broad American stock market index, fell by 3%. It initially benefited from a surge in stockpiling as countries entered lockdown. It has since seen steady demand for food and other essential household goods. Governments have helped by designating many food and retail staff as key workers. The rest of the supply chain still runs relatively smoothly too. While meat production has been hobbled by the closure of labour-intensive packing plants, the packing of other popular staples like canned food is largely automated. For Walmart, the icing on the cake is a sharp rise in grocery deliveries. It hired an extra 200,000 staff in April, in part to help it cover online orders. Tightening its belt, Norwegian Air After grounding the bulk of its fleet in March, Europe's third-largest low-cost carrier was on course to run out of cash by May. A plan approved by creditors yesterday should rescue the airline from its near-death experience. A transfer of debt into shares, which will wipe out more than 95% of existing investors' stakes, has unlocked government aid that should ensure Norwegian survives until next year. That should be good news for future flyers. Its low fares have offered transatlantic travellers a cheaper alternative to the larger, pricier European airlines who dominate those routes. However, low costs have not accompanied those cheap fares, burdening the airline with $8 billion in debt even before COVID-19 squelched global travel. Management should have some time to figure out how to turn its low-budget model into a profitable one. All bar seven of its 168 planes will probably remain grounded for at least another year. Labour pains, COVID-19 and inequality Policymakers have begun to grapple with the inequality that COVID-19 has caused, especially in the labour market. Spain, for instance, is experimenting with a basic income for those hit hardest by the pandemic. The gap between professionals, low-paid workers and the young has yawned ever wider. Professionals can easily work at home and receive full pay, but the low-paid, such as care workers, are both more likely to die from the virus and to have insecure jobs. In Britain, almost three-quarters of those on zero-hours contracts are key workers or are employed in sectors completely shut down during the pandemic. Those youngsters entering the workforce have been hit by an 86% fall in internships and around 30% of British employees aged under 25 work in one of the shuttered sectors, compared with just 13% of those aged over 25. These differences may have damaging long-term social and political consequences. Third time lucky, India's lockdown extension. This week, the world's biggest lockdown was extended for a third time. To slow the spread of COVID-19, India is to stay shuttered for another fortnight. As with previous phases, the government kept the extension under wraps until just before it was announced on Sunday night. There may be sense behind the reticence. India's immense human sprawl and the scarcity of testing make the pandemic especially hard to track. On Sunday, more than 5,000 new cases were counted. The total is now more than 100,000. Millions of internal migrants have been straggling home cross-country, a terrible and largely unforeseen effect of the previous phase. 
Lockdown 4.0 leaves India's 28 states with power to decide new rules on the fly. In most places, Indians are still waiting to learn whether they will be allowed access to public buses or vegetable markets before June. Some states, like Maharashtra, where Mumbai's hospitals are already full, will forego any relaxation. Worse or worse still, Germany's economy. Today's publication of the Indicator of Economic Sentiment for Germany by ZEW, a research institute, will probably reflect the continued recovery of business confidence in May, which began in April after a near-record slump in March. The assessment of the current economic situation, however, which is also part of the survey, is likely to remain gloomy. Germany eased its lockdown considerably in the first weeks of May, retailers and restaurants reopened and carmakers restarted some of their production. Yet consumers remain anxious and trade in the reopened shops is tepid. The forward-looking Consumer Sentiment Index of GFK, another researcher, is set to drop to minus 23.4 points in May, an unprecedented plunge in the history of that survey. Revised figures show that Germany's GDP shrank by 0.1% in the last quarter of 2019, before it shrank a further 2.2% in the first quarter of this year, meaning that the COVID-19 pandemic has already officially pushed the country into recession. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Abraham Pace, who was born on this day in 1918. To make a discovery is not necessarily the same as to understand a discovery. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.